Informed Dissent, brought to you by Firearm Training Associates. Firearms Training Associates is, is a lucky company because we have been able to draft in some of the best instructors in the world. We have special operations guys, we have guys from the U.S. military, from foreign militaries that work for us. They provide a great deal of insight into self-defense. So we developed this so that our customers could come on the weekends and get the best training in the world. We pride ourselves on our civilian training. It's our armed civilian that's one of the most important things to us. We want to teach them how to survive dangerous situations. When you come through the course, as long as you're performing at a acceptable level, you're going to get a certificate that puts our stamp on it. And we take it serious when we put our stamp on there. When you get our gold label, that means that you've passed the class that you've attended. Firearm Training Associates, proud sponsor of Informed Descent. Find out more at ftatv.com. Informed Descent. The intersection of healthcare and politics with Dr. Jeff Barkey and Dr. Mark McDonald. Mark, welcome to another episode of Informed Descent on all podcast out- outlets, including Apple and Spotify. Great to be with you again. Such great opportunity tonight. I'm so excited about our guest. Absolutely. So our guest tonight is Jack Donovan. And, you know, it was interesting when we heard that Jack was coming on. The very first thing I did is Google him. And, it, of course, his Wikipedia page came up. And I'm looking at the <laughs> Wikipedia page going, wait, what? Who's this guy we're going to interview? Something about political disenchantment of women and white nationalism and male supremacy. I'm like, oh boy, this should be an interesting conversation. Well, Jack, welcome and thank you for joining us. And obviously, uh, that which Wikipedia describes is is not you. And uh, we want to introduce our audience to you and have you share who you are and uh, why your message is important. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's Wikipedia is the most frustrating thing in the world. I know exactly who wrote that page, and it was like a lesbian feminist activist in in uh, Boston. Uh, and there's nothing you can do. She, I tried to get get tried to get it edited, and she said that I was um, targeting her, and then got me banned from Wikipedia. So I couldn't even like I can't comment on it. <laughs> so that just is what it is. Yeah, so typical. Yep. I've been following you, Jack, for for quite a while now, since Jeremy Nell introduced me to you. He's a podcaster out of Cape Town, and he had you on his show uh, last year. And he highly recommended a book that you wrote about 11 years ago called The Way of Men. And, you know, Jeremy's recommendations carry a lot of weight with me. So I I purchased the book and I read it and I was I was just uh, really unable to to stop reading it. Uh, And that's rare for me. And I want to speak with you about the book uh, in a moment. But I, I wanted to, to introduce you by way of uh, just a sort of personal experience I've had. And I think Jeff's had a similar experience in the last few years as we've been speaking uh, around town here in California and, and also across the country about the loss of our freedoms, restrictions on our liberties. We're both physicians and medical freedom is very important to us. And as I was speaking since I'd say probably middle spring, summer of 2020, occasionally I would make mention of a trend that I had been seeing in my practice. I'm a child psychiatrist and I work with children and many of them as their young adults are finding a difficult path forward, particularly young men. And I would mention to the audience that I am very concerned about the loss of masculinity in our country and how I see this growing culture of what I would call eunuchs, the loss of the quintessential elements, the foundational qualities of what it means to be a man. And I said this with hesitation, 
in front of my audience because I felt that they would not appreciate or they would criticize me for it, especially women. And on the contrary, what I received when I would make those comments was a standing ovation from not just the men, but also the women in the audience, a resounding applause that I got not from speaking about my subjects that I'm an expert on, which is medicine, but actually about this social, cultural, political trend that I saw developing in front of me with my own eyes. You have been speaking about this for a much longer period of time, and you had been writing about it more than a decade ago because your book was published uh, in 2012, so almost 13 years ago. I would like to ask you, why is this such a resonant topic? Why is this so important? And why should we as Americans be so concerned about masculinity? And it's, it, it's a key comp element in your book, actually, which I, I, I highly recommend. I've already recommended it to many of my patients and, and discussed it on my, my substack, which is the amoral quality of masculinity. I, don't, I didn't say immoral, but amoral, meaning that there is a vacuum that is filled when masculinity is attacked and taken away. And it can be filled by something which is actually immoral, although it appeals to men, such as gang culture. And you defined in your book, The Way of Men, the four foundational qualities of manhood, of masculinity. And, and those are, according to your, to your book, uh, physical strength, courage, uh, mastery or competency, and honor. And you made a very interesting point in the book, which is that none of those qualities are necessarily good. They could be, but mafioso, gang members, all exhibit those four traits, and they're all admired and beloved by uh, people who have uh, low moral standing and are lacking in virtue. And it's really only having virtue applied to those four qualities does masculinity become something worthwhile. But people are always looking for it, and if you don't give them good moral masculinity, they're going to search for immoral masculinity. Um, so that that description, that argument, I thought was such a compelling one. And I had never heard anyone make that before. And for you to have made that 13 years ago is, is I mean, it's not only prescient, it's actually quite remarkable. Well, thank you. Thank you. And it, it is. It's one of the foundational things. And this is, when you talk to men about masculinity, this is a problem that you run into because men are tribal. And so they always want to make the other team not as masculine as they are. So that's what you know. You will do if we go to war. We'll be like those people are evil and and effeminate. You know, like uh, and people do that with sports teams. They do that with all kinds of things, and so and and you'll get the, in this battle with men, and they'll start talking about morality and stop talking about masculinity. You know, they'll make them the same thing, and to really understand what masculinity is as a concept, you really have to take that out. Mm -hmm. Like take. Like, are they good men or bad men? Let's put that to the side for a minute and just talk what mas talk about what masculinity is. And then we can go back to being good men, but we need to understand what we're, what masculinity is. Otherwise, you end up with really good, weak men. You know, like re really well-behaved, weak men. And that's, I think, what happened with a lot of, you know, people were trying so hard to be good men that they forgot how to be good at being men. You wrote this book 13 years ago. What's changed now over the last 13 years? Well, I just think a lot more people are concerned about it. And like I said, when I was writing it, uh, uh, it was just kind of a fringe topic, really, for men to be writing about masculinity. You'd have a lot of guys who would be like, well, everybody knows what being a man is. And that's, we don't need to talk about that. You know, and people still say that. But uh, I think now what you've seen, that was before really like a Jordan Peterson got really big. 
and before you had like Jocko out there and all these big figures who were actually like very experienced in being good and being masculine, especially like you got a lot of your big military guys who talk about this now. Um, and they weren't doing that then. That nobody was nobody wanted to talk about masculinity or you know problems with feminism or anything like that then. Uh, they just wanted to do their thing and have their masculinity be self-evident. And they didn't think we had to talk about it or, or define it. And now we're in a situation where you have people who are like, you're not allowed to define what a woman is or you're not allowed to define what a man is. And all of a sudden people are like, no, we actually need to define these, the, you know, these topics. So the definition of masculinity actually became very important. Well, especially over the last two to three years with the pandemic, yeah. uh, we saw that many of the fear-based attitudes and behaviors were controlled by the women, not by the men. And yeah. Mark talks about this a lot the man trailing behind the woman with a mask on and the three kids that have masks on just shuffling along uh, as the, you know, as the beta companion, not the alpha male. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, because you know, he's, he's basically been nagged down into like, we're doing this. This is what we're doing. Because we've seen it on the news. There's so many. I'm sure you guys have seen this because it is kind of related. Uh, it drives me crazy. And the guy I live with watches the Food Network sometimes. And they have this thing called climate moms um <laughs> and it's it's pure propaganda for like mommies and like to tell them how to behave and and all the scientists agree you should do it and very similar to what they did during COVID and, and all that uh you know like and so you get these women who are watching this very specific like you know they put people in information silos right and and the women are watching this very specific programming geared toward them like you're you're the only way you can save your children is to do exactly what we say and then, then I, th I think really, uh, you might, guys might have come across this. I'm seeing a lot of it now in the guys I interact with is that there's a lot of divorce happening right now. Like there's a mm. lot of people that like during the pandemic, it pushed some people together and then they had kids. And then it pushed a lot of people apart because you get men and women in these different kind of information silos. And men are like, no, we're not doing this. This is ridiculous. And women are like, we must do this. You know, we, this is the only way we can be protected. And women from an evolutionary standpoint, I mean, they're going to look for safety. Uh, they're, they're going to look for safety and security. And men are a little bit more adventurous, like, like, no, we'll, 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 <laughs> we'll mm -hmm. see what's going to happen first, you know, but uh, women will, that's the message that's going to appeal to them. Because, you know, from an evolutionary standpoint, they're, they're trying to create a secure environment for their children. I mean, it's, it's natural for them to do that. But uh, it, the propaganda is exploiting that you do a lot of work one-on-one -on -one with men and you counsel and you provide coaching what have you found to be effective techniques or advice or recommendations that you would give to people you work with to help find their way to becoming more masculine it just depends what level they start at that's mm. the thing it's like there's level zero there's like a guy who's like never tried anything and that that guy especially you guys are encountering that we're talking about young guys who are you know out there and they've just never had they've never played a team sport they've never been around groups of men they've been in mixed environments the whole their whole lives so they don't know how to interact with men and so that's that's why i say for a lot of people it's you know go do some martial arts uh because you'll get all those things you know because you can go to the gym and work out and that's one thing but everybody has their headphones in and no one talks to you and to to go and have to practice some kind of martial art where you have to spar with another man, you're having a conversation to begin with and you're understanding, you're having this discussion physically where you have to decide whether you're going to be a coward 
a lot. You know, like, am I gonna like, am I gonna like get in a position where you can, I can just tap, or am I gonna try really hard? And uh, if you know, it, having that experience over and over again is really, really transformative for for young men. So I think you know, and then you'll have guys who are like, you know, I also talk to guys who are you know operators and and uh you know green berets and stuff and they need a different thing you know like they need actually like some balance on the other side uh you know because they've already done the 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 most masculine role that you can do and so you know they need to like you know plant a garden you know <laughs> they, they need to do something else and balance it out but uh because all these things are part of masculinity but I think that you need that that foundation that you know those tactical virtues that we talked about and you know the things that you need in a survival scenario if men have never done any of those things they feel really nervous uh, like they're very nervous and untested and and that makes them lash out in weird ways you know they're sitting in you know in twitter tweeting tweeting at people making mean comments and stuff like that because they don't have any power you know like they don't have it, it, that's a thing that you do when you're you're powerless you like just lash out at people you know from a safe position, you know, uh, whereas, you know, guys who I think more confident don't do that as much. Speaking of masculine things, Mark, uh, you know, our podcast is being sponsored by Firearm Training Associates, and I know you spend a lot of time there. So one, would, one good way to participate in masculine activities is go to your local shooting range and uh, become proficient in shooting a firearm. Learning how to defend yourself physically, whether it's jujitsu or handling a gun, uh, is a masculine task. And, and I'm, I'm a, an avid shooter. I go to Firearms Training Associates regularly down in Orange County. With my patients, I recommend, and it sounds like you would as well, jujitsu versus video games. Testing yourself face-to-face -face and failing in person, not failing on a computer, because that creates defensiveness. It creates, uh, I would think, antisocial qualities. If you can work in sports or in jiu-jitsu or other martial arts with other men and learn how to tolerate failure and then learn how and well matched you are against others, my experience is that that actually creates a less aggressive man. I saw very little aggression when I worked in jiu-jitsu and I did it for about eight years with the Gracies. There's always a few kooks that come and go that are attracted to that, but they tend not to stay because there's a hierarchy and they get bested by people who are better than them and put them in their place and they leave. But most of the people, if they come in with some defensiveness, some mild aggression, they leave actually with greater confidence and greater skills than when they came in. I, I strongly agree and support what you just said about in-person competitive sports and martial arts in order to help develop masculinity. And it has to be with other men. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it just all the scenarios they have to go through. I, I got choked unconscious last week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, and, and then, you know, it's a little embarrassing. And then you have to stand up and be like, and make a joke out of it. Like, it's okay. We're, uh -huh. we're good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> you know, I mean, and to have to go through that scenario, I mean, if you're just sitting at home playing video games, that that's not something you have to deal with. No. You can just turn it off. You know, like you don't have to, you, it's not real life. And the same thing, you're right. Uh, you know, firearms training and stuff. I've you know had some guys introduce me to that and I've done a little bit of that. Um, and that's, that's a whole different thing. You know, it's important to do things that you're a little bit scared of and that are a little bit like, uh, uh, you know, it, yeah, a little bit daunting. And that's, no. uh, you know, in, in the old days, you know, if talking about the primal gangs and so forth, they'd be, you know, training with spears and the modern spear is a gun. So like that's, 
what you need to train with for our time to be able to defend yourself. So all, all these things are, are good together. And also men love to talk about guns and go to the range. And that's a way to connect if you're, especially if you're really mechanically inclined. Uh, it's a very mechanical thing, guns. Like if you, if you, if you like to talk about, you know, calibers and doodads and all the little like mods that you can do and all that that's that's a whole rabbit hole that guys love to go down well you know jack we used to have the boy scouts as an opportunity for young men to learn masculine activities and so forth and unfortunately the left has ruined the boy scouts with the introduction of uh bringing women into the boy scouts so it's no longer a men's organization where men can be men and hang out with other boys and men who mentor them. Yeah. And the, the thing is, it's very intentional what they're doing, but having women present when men are trying to have that experience where they're connecting with each other and finding their own place in a hierarchy of men, when women are present, that can't happen. No. Uh, because they, they react to the woman, they, everything changes, the entire dynamic of the entire group changes. And it's not like, you know, women always think that they must be talking about us. Uh, you know, it's not about the women when the men, you know, I mean, sometimes it is, but most of the time when, when men talk, they're, they're having an entirely different conversation. Uh, and it's not about the women. It's about their relationship with each other. And men have to, in order to be more secure in themselves and understand where they are, they have to understand where they fit into groups of men. And like you said, a lot of these younger guys have never done that. Really, they've never been in a room with just men where they had to do that primal math and that little conversation and and just figure out where they are and then try to move forward eventually. Right. I mean, that's what you do. I mean, it's like, uh, OK, well, these are what the, the guys who are doing better do. And then you, you try to do that, you know, like you try to get better at something or distinguish yourself in some way. And but if you don't yes. have the opportunity to do that, you're just going to be nervous. The elimination of those spaces like Boy Scouts uh, on the altar, they're being sacrificed on the altar of inclusivity and gender neutral and integration of the sexes is is really a lose-lose proposition because it doesn't really help girls to be mixed in with boys and boy scouts and it takes away from the whole benefit of the experience of boys and young men being around each other without the confusing and more um influential uh agonizing interaction with girls which they eventually need to learn, but they're not going to be able to do that if they don't even know what their own identity as a man is or a young man is yet. And if you cut that process out of the development, you wind up with a man who is confused about himself and therefore, as he gets older, cannot present himself as a man to the opposite sex. You can actually take that up into adulthood as well, because what happens is then the reverse process happens with a lot of guys because they'll they'll, they'll find their girlfriend or their wife and whatever, and they're going to go in a cocoon. And then by the time they're 30s, they don't have any male friends anymore. And so, again, they're in a position where, they, OK, they just go to a work uh, a workplace that's a mixed environment. And they don't have any male friends, so their entire identity becomes this woman that they're with. Yes. And so if they go into a divorce, then they have no identity and they have a complete mental breakdown uh, because that, you know she's all that I have. Or, you know, like, they, you know, number, they just don't know who they are anymore. You know, like, they don't know who they are as men. So they become kind of needy and dependent on, on women, which isn't good for marriages or, or women or anything. Because women don't want a man who's just needy and dependent. Uh, around them so like men need to you know it's it's women's you know again evolutionary prior prerogative or whatever to uh you know they're going to try and dominate your time 
because you're dominating your time and your resources for what they need to do. Uh, but, you know, women need to understand that they need to make a space for men to go out and have, you know, some time with men. Because, and it takes a lot of time. Women make friends really fast, maybe not deep friends. <laughs> maybe they just talk, you know, like, you know, pretty superficially. But men won't really share stuff with new people right away. Uh, they have to go do things together and hang out, and it takes a long time. So, there needs to be time set aside for that for men to really like understand who they are. We've got, I'm sure, a bunch of men that listen to this uh, podcast across the country, across the world. What's what's your advice to them? Well, I mean, it, like I said, it depends where they are. At. Anyway, there are some guys who have so have have all these things that we're talking about. Who uh, you know, they've grown up with guys and they have a group of friends and whatever. But a lot of guys don't. A lot of you know, they always say, uh, you know, how many people who you could you call to loan you like a hundred dollars? Or like to uh, you know if you if there was an emergency who would watch who would watch your family if you had to go do something and is there do you have a friend that you could call that's that good of a friend that would do that and if you don't you really need to work on that and how would somebody work on that if they wanted to if they didn't have somebody to call if they're listening to this and realize that they're in that position how how would somebody like that work on it not too long ago and I specifically moved to six minutes away from where I was going to train jiu-jitsu because I'm like, well, that's what I'm going to talk to people. Yeah, right. That's where I'm going to talk to guys. Right? That's because I'm not going to talk to guys at the grocery store or whatever. I'm going to need to be in that environment where having it. And the same thing could happen, obviously, like at a, at a firing range or if you're taking courses, you have to go out and go to where men are doing men things. Cigar lounge. Yeah, cigar lounge. Uh, is a cigar lounge, uh, you know, the, the, the range, probably more coarse than a range, you know, like, because a range, you could just show up and be in your lane. But like, uh, if you are, take a course, you're going to hang out with somebody for like a day or something like that. And you're going to see who you connect with there and maybe do some partner drills or something like that. And so it just in a way that you can get to a point where you're you're actually exchanging numbers or exchanging like, you know, social media or something like that. So you can actually develop some kind of rapport because it, it takes a while. And obviously there are a lot of online groups. I mean, I have a group uh, for my readers uh, right now. Um, and that's, you know, you have guys. I, I actually feel like I'm like a matchmaker of, of bros uh, because what I, I'll get an application for my group from like like. I have three guys in Alberta, Canada right now, and I'm so excited about it. They just, they all went to, to roll together and they didn't, they all have like a very similar like mindset and values and everything, but they didn't even know each other. So I like put them together and now they are going hanging out and do all kinds of things. So there are a lot of, a lot of men have online groups now. And that is again, another thing that what didn't exist, uh, like 10 years ago, but now there are tons of different, uh, you know, guys, uh, Ryan Mickler has a thing called the Ryan iron council. Uh, the mine's called the Order of Fire. It just depends what kind of group you're into, but there are tons of them. And then you can make connections with other guys who have similar values right off the top of the bat. And then, then you can, you know, like, hey, we need to make time to hang out. You know, I always harass my guys, you know, like, okay, well, you, you, you goof around online and you, you chat and do whatever, but, uh, you know, drive the two hours. Go, go hang out, you know, make, make it a point to go hang out. I love it when I see that they're doing that. You know, it's very exciting. Well, I want to once again mention his book, The Way of Men, and recommend that all of my listeners purchase this who have any interest in this subject, especially the young men. It's an excellent book. It's been out for thir 11 years. And it's, I just checked, it's still number 8,000 on Amazon, which is amazing for a book that's been out over a decade. Uh, after about six months, most books go into the 100, 200, 300,000 range of 
you know, one to, you know, 20 million and yours is at 8,000 under 10,000, which means that this book is still relevant. It's still, it's still highly important, readable. And if anyone wants to start working on this subject, I, I really suggest, and I've done this for my patients, go purchase Jack Donovan's Way of Men and get yourself started. In addition to the activities that, that you just mentioned uh, that, uh, that Jeff asked you about. Yeah, it's Jeff, simple and accessible. Absolutely. Where can people yeah. find out more about you? How do they follow you? What's your social? What are your handles? Right. Well, uh, my uh, Instagram is kind of my main thing. I don't do it too much right now, but I, I do. I go through spurts with it because you get bored after a while. It's been a long time. Uh, but uh, it, it, that is at Start the World, uh, which is one of my slogans. And my website is jack-donovan.com. And uh, my Twitter, because Jack Don I only got on when Elon Musk bought it. So I'm a little behind on Twitter. So my I, I couldn't get my name. So it's at PH2T3R. Uh, <laughs> it, it's kind of weird, but it fits in with my work, If you, it, like my later, most recent work. So... Um, it, that's kind of what I'm working on right now. Awesome. Well, listen, Jack Donovan, thank you for joining us on Informed Descent. It's been an honor and a pleasure having you on, and I look forward to reading your book. All right. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Informed Descent with Dr. Jeff Barkey, board-certified primary care physician, and Dr. Mark McDonald, board-certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist. Informed Descent, the intersection of healthcare and politics.